BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The level of fright was intense last night. I don't know. Why is it when you are having a nightmare? Sometimes the uh, in uh, out-of-body experience that you're having, it seems, leads to unnatural sounds leaving your body. For some reason, when my beloved Diana has a nightmare... And she's being chased by something, whatever. The goblin or the ghoul, probably me. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't say, get out of here or shut up or uh, fuck you or uh, runs away going, oh my God, I can't believe it. No, she makes, I mean, I can, I've talked about it before. I can count on it once every couple of months where she makes this unnatural a shriek that is one of the scariest things ever. I'm in the middle of a stone cold sleep and I hear It's like she's actually shaking her head to make that noise. And this time, it fucked up Bruce because he sleeps with us, of course. And uh, he's like, Ruff, Ruff, Ruff. Bruce uh, of, of farts as farts starts barking at her. Bruce is actually barking at Pooh Bear. So I've got Bruce barking, Diana going, blah, 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 having a nightmare. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I start to, uh, I, I, I rub her arm gently. There, 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 there. I mean, I, I have learned something. I, I used to just like push her, like give her like a fucking Earl Campbell stiff arm. Just shut the fuck up and like hit her. 
but I have evolved to some degree and I, I no longer shove her. I just like, honey, honey, you're having a bad dream. That's what you got to do, you know, or else she's going to get pissed off at you. So it was chasing me. I go, okay, well, they're not. It's just a dream. It's okay. The mind is a disaster. Um, whenever I have a nightmare for extended time after until I really come out of the dream, I've, I'm fully awake. I'm convinced that it's, it's, uh, it's actually something to really be worried about. Like it's, it's, it's legit fear. Chris says, that's how you do it. Hit her. She's loud, which is a quote from my beloved uh, firstborn daughter, Jackie. Dad, hit her. She's loud. I <laughs> can't believe she said that. Uh, no, no, none of that. Uh, but the, the whenever I have nightmares, and I, I th- this kind of goes with uh, something else that just happened to me. I Not last night, but the night before, I had a fucking vivid ass dream that scared the shit out of me. And I, I wake up from it and I'm like, okay, now this is legit a reason to be concerned. This is a, this is a really frightening dream and I am never not going to be scared of what just happened. And right now I can tell you that it's just the stupidest. Well, I mean, it, it was very vivid and uh, to some degree real. Um, but we're up at fear bunker North. And in this particular one, it's uh, it's me, Diana, and the NFK, and people I don't know. I don't remember who these other idiots were. Anyway, the wind kicked up, and this gigantic storm came through, and uh, we're surrounded by, like, 150-year-old trees. So if any of them go, you better get the fuck out of the way. Well, in the dream, um, I was the, the group was taking cover. Outside, I don't know why, outside, who knows? Dreams are stupid. And all I saw was this huge tree start to go. And then I look where it's going, and it's aimed right towards Diana and the NFK, hunkered down. And in the dream, I, like, want to go get them out of the way, but I know I'm not going to make it. So I'm just, I'm actually in the dream going, oh, no. Oh no. And I didn't wake up. You know, like a lot of times when something terrible happens in a dream, you wake up right before the bad thing happens. Well, this one, I did not wake up. And so the tree whammo. And then I look and Diana is not hurt. The tree has crushed the NFK and it hit him and actually, uh, put him into the ground and then it rolls off and he's laying there like embedded in the ground. And then Diana is not hurt. And I remember in the dream going, Oh, thank God. Oh man. Oh, this a bonus. Uh, she's not hurt and he's gone. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, that I, it's weird. I'm that's stupid. I wouldn't ever think that, but at the time I was like, Holy shit. So he got crushed by this big fucking tree and in the dream, his eyes were open and he's blinking and looking at me like, what the fuck just happened? But he's like actually in the earth. And then 
that 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 kind of ends, and then it segues to another part where uh, same location. And for some reason, this is a recurring nightmare where people who I don't know come onto the property and rip through it like in a car, like it's like it's a street. And then just drive off into the woods, which is impossible because it's dense forest. But like suddenly a road got created, I guess. I don't know. But in the dream, I'm like, and uh, trying to get these guys to not drive on my property, you know, and um, they end up ganging up on me and like beating the shit out of me in the dream. And I felt like such an emasculated twat. Because I couldn't, like, defend anybody. It's really weird. It's just so stupid. The mind that I wouldn't, when I wake up from these two dreams, okay, um, I'm like, wow, Kevin dead, crushed by a tree, and, and uh, local townies, hilljacks, driving through my property and telling me that, uh, that there's nothing I can do about it and bullying me. Holy shit, this is, ter- this is so bad. I feel so terrible. And like, now I'm awake. I'm looking around the room. I'm looking at Diana. I go to take a leak. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm in the restroom and I'm like, that was so real. I will never get over that dream. I am so affected by this. And I, you know, I'm still coming out of the slumber to some degree. And then I'm going to go back to bed. But I mean, for like a long time, I'm like worked up about it. It's like, why, what is wrong with you? Jesus. Finally, it fades. Now, here I am 48 hours later, and I'm like, what a stupid asshole. The brain is such a mess. I'm telling you, wouldn't it be spectacular if, um, you know, we could have it set up where a device records the brain activity and actually creates, um, like, uh, real footage that you can click on when you wake up to see these scenarios that your brain painted um, for you while you were asleep. And you could watch that and, and then, oh my God, I think that that would be spectacular. Somehow monitor the neural activity and create illustrations or uh, uh, animation or characters of it. And you could like... Um, you know, before you go to bed, you could uh, assign various characters that if these if things do happen, uh, the uh, device would then grab the characters that you have assigned to start your slumber. So uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, these are all depictions that will be made uh, with the uh, artificial intelligence. O'Neill, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Billy Carter, you know, whoever, it doesn't matter. Just random dream shit. And then you wake up and like, oh my God, did you see what happened to Billy Carter last night? He got crushed by a tree. Holy shit. I mean, it was, oh fuck. That would be fantastic. I would love that. I would be all about it. Thank you so much for being here. Today was, was weird. Um, because I woke up and it was okay on any given morning, you can wake up to some degree of, uh, animal expulsion 
And that could be vomit, feces, urine. All right? Today was remarkable because we got it all. The only thing we didn't have. No, I guess we kind of did have puke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely had puke. I woke up and right outside of the door, the cats love to do this, man. They, they will puke up the hairballs right at the door. And I tell you what, there is nothing like waking up with bare feet stepping on cold puke. Cold, wet, puke. I didn't step on it today, but there it was. This uh, <clears throat> uh, hairball in the shape of a cat's stomach. It actually comes out looking that way. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, dipped in cat puke. Coated like a fucking M&M candy shell right there. And I'm like, oh, Nice. Pay it no mind. I'll get it later or Benny will eat it. Go downstairs. Start the day. Okay. Now my chores every single day uh, during the school year, which is where Diana works, of course, uh, take care of the dogs, let them out, feed them, give them their meds, and then pack Diana's lunch. Okay. And it's the same every day. Any deviation from that, it's going to fuck everything up. Everything's going great. The NFK wakes up. Now his ritual is go sit down in front of the TV and get ready for 14 hours of TV fun. But he stands up. I'm like, well, that's weird. Comes walking into the room I'm in. He goes, hey, there's doggy PP here. Now, I thought he said doggy poo-poo, but apparently he said doggy pee-pee. There's doggy pee-pee here. I hear poo-poo. So I get a bag up. No problem. I'll clean it up. That does happen. So that would be two. Two of the three. Puke, pee, poop. I go in there expecting to see poop. I don't see poop. I go, oh, it's pee. That's what I said, pee-pee. Oh, right. My bad. Um, now, this is incredible. O'Neal, I don't know if it's the medicine he's taking for his allergies and that's uh, causing him to be more thirsty or what, but this dog um, really let one go. Um, poor guy. In the sunroom, there is no carpet in there. You got this, uh, these big squared ceramic tile. So the ceramic tile, and then uh, you have the grout in between each piece of ceramic tile. These uh, big 12-inch by 12-inch squares. Well, the ceramic tiles are higher up by millimeters than the grout. Thus, we have a dog urine uh, canal system now because he pees wherever he wants. And I'm not kidding you. It must have been a quart. And so we have... Uh, like yellow outlines in all of the grout for the whole room, the whole room. So the ceramic tile, the raised up doesn't have any pee on it. It's all dried and, and, and ro- or rolled off into our canal system we have here. 
but I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, my God, this is, this actually looks like a work of art. These, these yellow, uh, uh, outlines of all the squares. Like, Jesus, look at how much pee this is. I cannot believe this. And so this was a job. This required like, uh, some fucking army corps of engineers planning to get this cleanup done. So I'm like, shit. All right. This is going to take some effort. So he's just sitting there watching TV. And, uh, I show up with all these towels that I've stolen over the years from the YMCA. I got my gloves on my, my, uh, uh cut the, what do you call it? Uh, surgical gloves. And, uh, I started laying the towels on there and like, Jesus. And so I, I gather them all up, put them in a plastic bag, take them in the laundry room, put them in the, in the washer, immediately start washing those. Now I got to sanitize the floor. Now the floor is loaded. Um, okay. Had he not peed in there and I was cleaning the floor, I would have swept the floor first because we have an overabundance of O'Neill hair and chewing tobacco specks, little flakes of chewing tobacco. Because for 14 hours a day, the man sits there and from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed, he is chewing tobacco, grizzly, long cut wintergreen. And he takes a pinch of it, puts it in his mouth. And then when it's in his mouth on his fingers, there's several little flakes of the long cut. And what happens next? It goes on the floor. You do that 8,000 times a day, seven days a week. It's like where the floor is decorated with tobacco. The dogs lick it up. They are addicted to Skull Wintergreen Long Cut. So there's there's Wintergreen Long Cut everywhere. There's dog hair, and I have to uh, wipe up the, the, the urine-soaked floor. It's a complete fucking travesty. I'm like, Jesus, what is going on here? So this takes significant time. And this eats into Diana lunchmaking time. She comes downstairs. And I'm like, hey, we had an issue. And she goes, oh, okay. So uh, I finally get this fucking thing done. And um, I'm like, holy crap. And we take care of that. She goes, I got the lunch. I go, Oh, thank you. Thank God. Because I wasn't ready. I, I, she has to go to work. This has messed everything up. So I'm like, okay, uh, well, at least it's done. Uh, I get my coffee. I'm getting ready to come up here. I got my, I got the dogs. I go, come on guys, let's go. And I walk, I noticed something. Someone has taken a dump. I trifecta puke. P crap. Very rare. Uh, not, not rare to have one happen once in a while, but we have had all three. My God. And so Dinah says, I'll get it. I go, all right, thanks. I appreciate that. When you, um, have the dogs that we have and you deal with this on a regular basis. Um, if the, if the turds come out, right. You can just pick them up off the carpet and then not sanitize the carpet. Uh, anybody who has pets does this. Don't act like you haven't done it. Okay. Don't judge me 
because we didn't get out the carpet cleaner, but we didn't get out the carpet cleaner. She just picks the turds up off the carpet. I tell you what, if you ever visit my house, and I hope that uh, none of you do, um, I hope that that never happens, and you sit on the carpet, know that you're probably sitting on crap remnants that uh, have soaked into the carpet. This is why Jacob Bennett from Bennett Flooring Installation has said to me so many times, if you have animals, you are not to have carpet. It is, it's a, it's a bad idea. It's just terrible. And he's right. I'm slowly getting rid of the carpeting in this home. But my God, what a way to start it. Pet waste everywhere. Welcome to this show. I do it from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio each and every day. Starts at about the same time, 8 a.m. Eastern time. And I am so glad that you are here enjoying it with me. For the audience on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, it is time to say goodbye to you, though. Thank you for checking it out. If you want the full show uninterrupted, uh, the folks on Twitch, get it that way. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. That's where you go. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live is what you want. I appreciate you very much. Um, And uh, there you go. And you can also download the audio podcast wherever you download shows. Eric Zane Show. Um, Of course, on any of the podcasting platforms that are out there or even on my website. Eric zaneshow.com so i say goodbye to you now okay so uh twitch and facebook brought to you by irvine's auto repair grand rapids hybrid and ev we have a car show coming up saturday at irvine's starts around 9 a.m goes till about noon i'll be there uh, if you want to show up i would love that if you were there hanging out afterwards the word is we're going out to lunch Now, I'm letting you all plan this. Supposedly, I'm hearing Beltline Bar. And I, hey, I guess Kenny is coming to town. Kenny is coming to town. Uh, The lovely Teresa, he has hit it off with her. And he's coming to visit. How nice is that? So, what you do is go there and bring a gift card a gas card for Kenny for gasoline because uh, he didn't have any money and he's coming up here to see us. So we should all give him a gas card. I just came up with that right there. It's like, Oh man, don't do that. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, so there you go. Beltline bar. Uh, that should be a good time. All right. Thank you so much for checking out the show. That'll be fun at Irvine's. Looking forward to it. Uh, Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT and YouTube brought to you by Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. If you need insurance uh, in terms of like uh, healthcare.gov, Obamacare, or if you or someone you know or love is getting set to turn 65, uh, the Medicare Advantage Plan expert and social security guru is Frank Fuss. Okay. So thank you so much for being here. All right. R. Kelly guilty again. 
I believe this is described as now federal charges against R. Kelly. Uh, it, it, it's weird because, you know, you're already convicted once. You're going to spend the rest of your life behind bars. And then you got to go through all the bullshit again. I mean, I, with my ADHD, okay, let's say that I have sex with lots of uh, young girls, children, and I am caught. And um, I'm convicted and I am sentenced to the rest of my life behind bars. And then they say, okay, now you got to face these charges for the same thing of being uh, uh, into like uh, a child, a kiddo, kitty porn. I'd be like, you know, I- I'm just going to plead guilty because I would just want to get on with my prison career. There's plenty of upside, plenty of life left to be lived. I'm 55 years old. Um, I can sing in the prison talent show. I can make license plates. I'll probably be a big hit in prison. I think I'll, uh, I'll probably be able to have sex with, uh, uh, women and men. And you know, I mean, whatever, let's just get on with it enough. I don't want to sit through this trial. So I'm just going to plead guilty even if I didn't do it, but I did. Uh, and there you go. But no, they went through with it. Hard to believe. I mean, it's just crazy to think about how the how the mighty fall. You know, this is this is quite a thing. At um, uh, at for a time, he was he, well, he honestly his his music career makes him one of the most successful R and B recording stars of all time, without a doubt. You cannot dispute that. You know, he can't even read. That's no, that's no lie either. He is, he's got some type of, uh, intellectual disability where he just, he never was able to master reading. That's fucking insane. If you ever think about people who, uh, become successful, um, and they, they don't even know how to read. There's a old Red Wings coach by the name of Jacques Demers, who I think is still alive today before they started winning Stanley Cups, before Bowman. And he can't read either. Uh, Larry Holmes, professional boxer. He can't, well, I mean, whatever. He's a professional boxer. Not like he needs to learn how to read. But he can't read. I, we were talking to him back in the day on uh, on the radio. And he actually said, I can't even read. We're like, wait, what? How do you get through life in the world without knowing how to read? I remember when I was a little kid, the actual moment when I realized I know how to read now. And it was, uh, you, you know, you, you're in early school. And you're, you're picking things up as you go. And I remember opening up a Curious George book. And I remember opening it up and recognizing words. And I, I, I made it through page one. So then I'm like, oh, well, let's see if I can do page two. You know, goal-oriented Eric Zane. Always have been, you know. I'm kind of a loon, no doubt, but I'm goal-oriented. Fuck yes. And I'm like, all right, let's see it. Page two. 
Oh my God, I did page two. And I made it through the whole damn book. And I was like, fuck yes. Yes. I have, I talk about a feeling of accomplishment. I'm still looking to recreate that feeling to this day. R. Kelly can't read. Uh, prosecutors in Chicago have twice accused R. Kelly, the Grammy winning multi-platinum R&B superstar of recording, of recording his sexual encounters with little girls. Oh, God. Wednesday marked the first time a jury in Chicago agreed. Remember, he beat a rap a, uh, uh, years ago. He was found not guilty. Convicted on six of the 13 counts brought against him in July of 19. Uh, he now faces decades in prison at sentencing. I think it's 10 years per conviction. Uh, all right. Six of the 13 counts. So that would be 60 years. Hey, I did it. It had to be the way R. Kelly wanted. Assistant U.S. Attorney Janice Appentang said Tuesday during the prosecution's rebuttal argument. And ladies and gentlemen, she says, what R. Kelly wanted was to have sex with young girls. God. The jury made up of four white women, three black women, three white men, and two black men started deliberating shortly after 1 p.m. I know it, it sounds weird that we have to say that, but this is kind of the world we live in. You have to have some pretty solid representation, especially if you're putting R. Kelly, a black man, a successful black man, uh, fighting for his uh, uh, free life, which I guess it's all a technicality because he's already been, convic he's already been convicted once. Uh, the jury, the jurors, however, acquitted Kelly of seven other counts in the indictment. Silver lining. You won seven. So of the 13, you're better than 50%. Uh, one child porno count. They said, no, he's acquitted. One count of sexual exploitation of a child acquitted. One count of aggravated criminal sexual abuse, as well as four conspiracy counts. The federal judges or the federal jury's decision to convict came 14 years after another jury impaneled at the Cook County Criminal Courts building acquitted Kelly of child porno charges. Can you imagine if uh, 14 years ago, you know, he gets done with that. He's like, oh, thank God. Free and clear. All right. Time to get back on with my life. And now here he is. That case stemmed from a VHS tape that purported to show Kelly having sex with uh, the, the fake name of Jane, his 14-year-old quote-unquote goddaughter. Uh, that's a very famous story uh, about him doing that. Though he was found not... I think that's the one where he went tinkle on her too. Though he was found not guilty of charges in that case... Federal uh, prosecutors in the 2022 case said Kelly and his former business manager conspired to pressure Jane and her family to lie to the grand jury about the relationship. Kelly and his co-defendants, his formal, former business manager, 
Daryl McDavid and former assistant Milton Brown were acquitted of all those conspiracy charges. When that happens, are you like, yeah, woohoo? He already faces 30 years imprisonment sentence uh, stemming from his convictions on sex trafficking and racketeering in New York. That's the other case we're talking about. He still faces two other pending criminal cases. One in Cook County and another in Minnesota. After McDavid, his former business manager, learned of the jury's decision. Oh, he did. He shot up from his chair, raised both fists in the air and said, yes. (laughs) He, uh, so I guess that guy's off the hook. McDavid quietly wept before hugging his attorneys. Also exchanged a hug with R. Kelly, who was seated a few feet away from him throughout the trial. R. Kelly is he's like, yeah, man, I did it. And R. Kelly is like, yeah, fuck you. I got to go to prison. Uh, as Kelly was being let out of the courtroom, uh, Brown tried to offer him a hug, but was stopped by U.S. Marshals. Kelly told Brown, I love you, bro. Uh, Kelly's sentencing date hasn't yet been set. According to the U- United States Sentencing Commission, people convicted of federal child porno charges receive an average of 23 years in prison in 2019. Okay, so of the three counts, then, uh, what we thought would be like 10 years a pop, 30 years. Hey, you got, you're, you're saving seven years right there. Uh, probably with good behavior, be paroled early. But he's not done with his legal issues like we just heard. There's still plenty more to do. I, I, I'm guessing, I don't know if these sentences will run like, uh, you know, um, if the New York charges are, if, if he's eating up time through that at the same time, eating up Chicago time, or if one sentence ends and then the next one begins. I don't know. The three defendants were charged in a 13-count indictment that was handed up in July 2019 about six months after the uh, premiere of the Lifetime documentary series, Surviving R. Kelly. It always boggles my mind that it takes a TV show uh, to spur something like this on. Or, uh, what was it in the Cosby case? Hannibal Burris made like a comment about him, about uh, Cosby. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, that story is bubbling up. And what? To me, that's a failed, of, uh, a failed process of the legal system. If a lifetime documentary has to bring R. Kelly to justice. Four of the counts against Kelly stem from four separate video recordings that prosecutors said showed Kelly having sex with Jane. The prosecution star witness, he was convicted on three of those counts. Jane did not take the witness stand at Kelly's 08 trial, and jurors in that case said that was a factor in their decision to acquit Kelly on child porno charges. The singer's always denied uh, wrongdoing, as is his right. He did not testify in his own defense in the 2022 trial. In 2019, the singer sat for a lengthy and often tense interview with Gail King on CBS Amid tearful screams, Kelly continued to maintain his innocence. That was terrible. Jesus. What a fucking kook. I like how she just sat there looking at him like, you're an idiot. 
Um, testifying under her pseudonym of Jane over the course of two days last month, Jane said she was first introduced to Kelly by her aunt, Stephanie Sparkle Edwards, when she was 13. At her aunt's recommendation, Jane asked Kelly to be her godfather when she was 14, even though her parents identified as Susan and Brandon already selected Jane's godparents. Kelly accepted, and their relationship soon turned sexual, Jane testified. Kelly engaged Jane in phone sex, asking her about her breasts and the color of her underwear. That quickly graduated to physical touching and ultimately intercourse. How sick. On the witness stand, Jane said that said she and Kelly engaged in sex acts hundreds of times while she was a child. She also testified that she was indeed the girl seen in the video uh, at the heart of Kelly's 08 trial. She and Kelly also had threesomes with underage girls, including some of Jane's friends from school. My God. Kelly often recorded the encounters on a camcorder, and he kept the tapes in a gym bag that he and his handlers kept nearby. It's like the nuclear codes, man. Other tapes were stored at Kelly's home. You know, those are in an evidence room somewhere right now. After Jane testified, prosecutors played for jurors 17 different clips from videos one, two, and three that showed Kelly and Jane engaging in sex acts. Fuck. Can you imagine being in that room, having to see that? My God. This is why sometimes people don't want to go through court cases because they have to relive this shit. Uh, Before the videos were played, prosecutors asked the judge to order all members of the public and press out of the courtroom. The judge denied the request. Fuck, I'd leave voluntarily. I don't want to see that. Though courtroom staff erected, might want to not use that word, erected partitions around the jury to ensure that no one other than the judge, jury, and attorneys saw the graphic footage. The audio from the clips, however, was broadcast throughout the courtroom, and you can just imagine what what they heard. Let me piss in your mouth! Ugh! Uh, the trial was held in the larger ceremonial courtroom on the 25th floor, blah, 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 blah. Um... Uh, the female of the video, Jane, according to her testimony, could be heard repeatedly referring to her genitals as 14 years old. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Uh, in one of the videos, Kelly could be seen handing the 14-year-old girl money. That was done, Jane said, out of caution in case the tape was ever leaked to the public. He wanted it to appear that I was a prostitute, Jane said. There's a lot more to this, and I don't want to read it, but this guy's going away for a long time. Absolutely horrible. Jesus. R. Kelly, convicted again. Thank you so much, folks. I know that's all some pretty weird shit, but that guy needs to pay. I appreciate you being here. The open and live stream. Uh, happening right now, brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV, 616-532-6600. That's where we're going to be Saturday, and my God, what a group. Cannot wait to hang out at the car show Saturday at Irvine's. You can check out their um, what they've done to the place. Looks fantastic. 616-532-6600. If you need your vehicle repaired for any type of scheduled maintenance, whatever it may be, 
uh, reach out to them. Or if you're like me, you're driving a vehicle that suddenly breaks down for no reason at all. This is where you need to have the car towed like I did. You know what I found out? That damn truck, it just, um, you see, there's a lot of uh, corroded parts on that 20-year-old truck. and But I didn't expect this to corrode. A ground, a ground wire caused that thing to just stop running. If you don't have a ground wire on the thing, that's it. I guess everything goes kaput, and that's what happened. I guess at that moment when I was driving on the road, the the last the last bit of uh, of wire that actually was allowing current to travel through it became corroded and severed. And as soon as that happened, vehicle stopped running. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Pull it over. Thank you to Irvine's for taking care of it. 616-532-6600. E-R Vines. That is ervines.com. Hello to my friends of the Kent County Health Department. My God, you guys are awesome. September, September is uh, the month for immunizations. National Immunization Awareness Month. Your little ones have to be immunized if they're at school. If they're not, they're at risk. And you don't want to put your kids at risk, okay? We're talking about measles, mumps, rubella, uh, whooping cough, pertussis, meningitis, Hopefully, you're not a crazy idiot who's anti-vax when it comes to things like that. Hell, the polio vaccine. Polio's coming back because of stupid people. Uh, The Kent County Health Department can make it so that you get all of these vaccines for your kids for little or no cost if uh, money is an issue. Accesskent.com slash health. Thank you so much to them. You are awesome. You guys are the best. All right. What is going on in the comments? I, there seems to be a lot of discussion, and I don't know what's going on. It, but I know this. A lot of what's going on has appears to be nothing to do with R. Kelly. It just seems to be some dialogue. I have no idea what it is about, though. Did you guys know that this is the start of Hispanic Heritage Month? Right now, today marks the start of it. And I'm like, why in the world would you start it mid-month? Uh, but I just heard from Joe Martinez, and then I texted him back, and I said, hey, no problem. Uh, did you know that today marks the start of Hispanic Heritage Month? Yes, sir. The festival was last weekend at the Calder. I didn't, fuck, they did it early. Joe Martinez is so jet-setting. First of all, he has to come over and replace my zone motherboard here at the house. So um, he's bringing a couple of his apprentices to teach them how to do this shit. So he's doing this before he jets off to Mexico. He goes to Mexico like every two months to get another drug supply to bring back into the U.S. or something like that. And so he's taking off again. And uh, he goes, I promise before I go back to Mexico, I'm going to get you fixed up. I go, no problem. Sounds good. He goes, uh, today, Thursday is the day I go, I, I love it. Just come on it. Walk in and just say hi to Kevin and, uh, go downstairs and take care of it. He goes, I will. All right, great. And then he says, Oh, problem. What is it? I had to move your repair to Monday. I forgot. We had a commercial shoot today with channel eight. If you've seen the commercial, 
on Channel 8. Oh, my God. I said to him, I go, look, I want you to do it and uh, make sure that you're not in the commercial. I go, why? And he says, because so many women are going to get pregnant if they just see you on there. You can't do that. You're going to cause a population surplus. And they're all going to be your children because your machismo is so powerful through some majestic process, immaculate conception, they will all get pregnant when they see you on the camera or on, on TV. Not to mention you're working with all the Channel 8 people. They're all going to get pregnant, even the men. Stay away. So he's had, he had his uh, uh, son-in-law, David, do it, who is not uh, Mexican. He's actually half Asian. So Joe Martinez's son-in-law, who's half Asian, married Joe Martinez's daughter, who's Mexican. So his grandkids are the most, they're most beautiful people on the planet. They're Mexican Asians. You ever heard of such a thing? Mexican Asians, what? So on the commercial, you see David, the half Asian, saying, hey, yeah, call A&E, heating and cooling. And then they end the commercial with David, his lovely wife, which is Joe's daughter, and their grandchild. And then Joe's daughter says something in Spanish, the equivalent to uh, reaching out to the Latino community. I go, yes, that's what you got to do because all these white people that run heating and cooling businesses, they don't, they don't speak Spanish. So you can tap into the whole Latino community. Brilliant. Nice job. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, the long line for the queen continues. Man, I give the, the Brits this. When they set out to do something, this is, a, this is a strong group of people. To wait in line for 24 hours, for me, that sounds like the worst possible thing ever. Um, the ADHD runs so strong with me that if I waited in line for one minute, I would have a heart attack. I would not wait in line for anyone for five minutes. 
24 hours. They're waiting for 24 hours to just walk up to the casket, bow their head, and move on. That's it. I will tell you this. If baby Jesus comes back and uh, he ends up, you know, raising the dead, he uh, solves uh, the he, he, world peace. No, everybody stops fighting. All disease goes away. The blind can see. The lame can walk. And then baby Jesus uses all of his power and he dies. And he, they actually put him in a casket. I am not waiting 24 hours to see him. I'm sorry. I love you very much, but I'm going to watch it on TV. I can't do it. Okay. And if we have to have a discussion about my commitment to Christianity, when I get to heaven, well, I I guess we're going to have that talk, but I'm not waiting. No way. There's podcasting to do shit and pee to clean up in the house. Forget it. I got to give the NFK a bath. I'm not doing it. So there's a long, long line for the queen right now. And I guess um, there, I think we have to wait until like Monday until the morning period is done. It's like an, it's an official thing in England for 10 days. When the queen or the king dies, you got to be sad for 10 days. And that's it. If you do anything, if you smile, they kill you. So you see these videos of them uh, walking the casket through whatever part of of England. And you got um, the children of the queen, which is Anne, Andrew, and Charles. There might be one more. I don't know. Amanda would know. And then you got the grandkids. William and Harry and their wives. And I guess they quit being assholes to each other for this. I don't know. And, uh, and they have to walk like with their heads down, like kind of like I'm so broken up, which you realize that's all an act. They are acting because, okay. If you've ever been to a wake, like even when, um, you know, you, uh, you, uh, somebody dies and you, you go there and, and, uh, every, they're, they're, they're waiting to see the, um, loved ones that are surviving. And, uh, you're sometimes shocked because the person who should be grieving, let's say a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter, or a mom or a dad, for some reason, they're actually able to have a normal conversation with you. Like when my neighbor died here, I went to go see, uh, my neighbor, Jim is, is, his wife died. And, uh, I go walking up to him and, and he's like, Hey Eric, how are you? And I'm broken up, you know, and, but he's not. And I'm always marveling at that. It's because, you know, you kind of start to process. So I'm not buying the whole deal that they're that broken up at this point. It seems to me like they're kind of like embellishing it to some degree. So, uh, but anyway, they gotta, they gotta do it head down for the queen. I get it. Maybe to kind of reflect what all these other people are feeling. All right. So they do that. And then uh, off you go. And then finally, I think on Monday is when they bury the queen. I have two queen related things that I found to be remarkably interesting. 
The first one of which was sent to me by the multi-talented Amanda, who, you know, I gave her a lot of shit about dominating the chat recently, but she actually is, of all the audience members, probably the most knowledgeable about this. And she sent me an awesome story about the queen. I guess she was, like, hilarious, okay? And, um... She was constantly, like, uh, 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 busting people's balls and joking with them. And I, I had no idea. So, I mean, that's that's my kind of lady right there. But there's a story where I guess she was hanging out at her castle, uh, Balmoral. And I guess the public can visit that and visit the grounds and stuff like that. And uh, she was walking around with her uh, guard, her personal guard, who she's had forever. They're very tight-knit. And a couple of tourists from the U.S. um, happened to uh, be walking around and had no idea that that was the queen. So the queen and this dude are there, and she strikes up a conversation with them. And so as it goes, I guess... um, uh, so where are you from? And these people will tell her. And, and then uh, um, they, they ask her the same question. Where do you live? And she's like, oh, you know, just over the hill, which is true. And uh, so a lot happens in this. And this is just, just hilarious. Uh, it, it's described as one sweet anecdote from the guy, former Royal Protection Officer Richard Griffin, sheds light on the Queen's dry sense of humor. Um. I might even be able to play the him telling the story. That might even be better. Uh, audio, check. Video, check. There he is. This is the guy. Ex-royal cop recalls Queen's joke. Here you go. And normally on these picnic sites, you, you meet nobody. But there was two hikers coming towards us, and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped, they hadn't recognized the Queen, which is fine. And the American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, where they were going to next. Come on. Where they'd been to in Britain. And I could see it coming, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? <laughs> and she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> And he said, well, how often have you been coming up here? Oh, she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thick. And he said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as it. quick as a flash, she says, well, I haven't, but Dickie meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen, what's she like? And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes around, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> yes! Anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on, and we waved goodbye. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America and hopefully someone tells him who I am. Oh, that, that's got to come out. Oh, come on. The way the world is now where you can, uh, these stories travel around the world and back in two seconds, certainly 
Uh, they've seen that video. And my God, you, you, you got to step forward unless they feel like idiots, which I would hope not. I mean, whatever they, they didn't recognize the queen. Uh, that is, that is just spectacular. That is very funny. Holy shit. And if you're her, she's like, yeah, I mean, here she is the queen of England. Uh, she can very easily just say, hey, I'm the queen. But no, she witnessed the opportunity to be hilarious. That is so funny. Shit. Hats off to the queen. Uh, I see that in the audience of the live stream, it says the Chibians show. And that is our pal Kyle from Dumpster Divers, who in moments, he's going to join us right here. Now, we're, we're prepared for this. Because it's happened every time for the past several weeks where he starts the show and then all of a sudden he goes, oh man, it happened again. I thought it was going to fix itself. And it's, he's having an audio issue. So, uh, that's hilarious. That's going to happen. I predict that that's going to happen. So I will bring him in, in moments when he clicks on. And then we will have a chat with Kyle from Dumpster Divers. He says, I didn't even bring my effing mic or nothing. Just going to use my damn computer, LOL. Whatever you want, buddy. It doesn't matter. As long as we can hear your lovely voice. All right. So I just thought that that story was ridiculously awesome. But not all is is fun and games with the queen. Okay. Uh, there's, I didn't know anything about this, but you, I, I've heard the term the um, um, crown jewels and the and the jewelry and the diamonds and the value of them, uh, in particular. That uh, crown that you've seen the queen wearing, and I'm going to show this to you right now. Um, this crown with that big, uh, reddish looking jewel. And this is part of the Royal scepter that she has with this massive diamond in it. Now we are talking this diamond here. That's in the Royal scepter. That thing is worth anywhere from $400 million dollars to two billion dollars this is a clip of her wearing the damn crown looks like fucking king vitamin's wife raise your hand if you remember the cereal king vitamin and uh this is the uh, uh, uh glimpse of the royal scepter a little little close i think i got a clip of her actually uh holding the damn thing way back in the day yeah this is her this is the same crown and the royal scepter Right there. She uses that when she like uh, turns you, uh, you know, she for like ceremonies and shit. But it, it's it's hers. It's well, it's it's whoever is on the thrones. So the idea that that thing uh, is worth anywhere from 400 million to 2 billion with the B dollars is outrageous. And OK, it may be stolen. I'm not even kidding you. 
there's uh, there's people that are in South Africa that are like, hey, do you think maybe you could give us back the diamonds that you that you stole? I'll get to that in a second. James in Granville says, my mouth is still scarred from that cereal like eating glass. Yeah, you got to be careful when you eat King Vitamin. And I, to uh, another extent, Captain Crunch. All right. Um, <laughs> Corey, concerning the diamonds, says, no, fuck them. Finders, keepers, bitches. I don't think it was, it was, they, they found it. I it might have been stolen. Cole says the same thing. You guys are heartless fucks. What is going on in the chat? I keep I, I haven't gone over it, but I keep seeing comments about I'm not happy about it. This is bullshit. What is happening? What has happened? I don't even know what's going on. Anyway, um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, shit. I lost it. It's gone now. I need to bring in Kyle from Dumpster Divers here. This ought to be a complete catastrophe. Let's see here. Hey, buddy. Hey, you there? All right, I muted you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? I can, dude. Oh, my God. We pulled it off. I'm proud of you. We fucking did it, dude. What? Look at your hair. It's like perfect. I know. It's pretty sick this morning. I will, I will give you that, dude. <laughs> uh, so, okay, you're ready for another day. Are you uh, in, in office, Kyle, today, or are you transporting dumpsters today? A little bit of both. Emilio's out there right now, um, so I can do this. Then I'll be out there later just doing a fucking thing or two. You've talked to me about the goal of franchising dumpster divers so that they can show up like McDonald's restaurants in towns all across the country. Hell yeah, dude. Is that still uh, in the works? Yeah, we actually, um, I got a call. We have a call later today with like a lawyer about a couple of different things of the process. So we're trying to fucking get it going, dude, because... We, this year has been pretty good in terms of like we got it nailed down like like the program and let the fucking program run wild and it's been running wild, dude. So let's just say you're so and so in the middle of Nebraska, and uh, he reaches out to you about franchising. He would pay you, and you would provide the infrastructure to have a dumpster business in the middle of Nebraska. Yeah, dude, basically, yeah, basically franchising is like you uh, like you want to be like an entrepreneur, but you're kind of fucking lazy um, <laughs> and, and you don't want to do it yourself. You know what I mean? So that's so that, yeah. basically they pay us to like, all right, you you got the product. You already did all the shit, like the hard shit. I'll pay you to fucking run your playbook for you. And it's like, hell yeah, dude. Sounds good to me. dude. So if he busts his ass. He can he can earn a lot of cash, but not have not having to do all the crazy ass legwork that that you had to do to get the fucking thing started in the first place. Right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, 
Kenny says, is that the shark tank definition of entrepreneur? It is now. <laughs> it is now. Uh, you we have talked about, we're like, should we try to go on shark tank? But I think it takes like fucking two years to get on there. And by that point it would be too late. I think those guys always bum me out because people come into the show with, uh, like an idea. And then sometimes they kind of get shot down and I, I, I feel bad for them when they, when, when basically these really rich people that are pretty smart tell them, nah, this is a horrible idea. Right. You know, makes me feel bad almost. Some of them, some of them deserve it though. Cause you can tell that some of them have like a shitty ass product, but like they're like, they're way too like, like, Oh, this product is God's gift to earth. And it's like, no, it's not. So some of them need it. Cause they vanity is, is why. All right. I can, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> uh, so you did the show when the lions were on, when you encourage audience to watch it at home and listen to you bitch about the lions. <laughs> yeah. In real time. How did it go the other day? It was, it was a fucking disaster, dude. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a disaster. Um, but I will say, I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, the biggest problem was either like the soundboard thing or whatever. Um, I don't know if it like, it got too hot or what, but like, I don't know where I was like re-listening to it and people were telling me live, but like, the fucking the sound we started sounding like robots like for i don't know what i don't know what was going on but um it sounded shitty so then i we couldn't figure it out so i just unplugged the fucking hdmi cord from the computer so then it was just like this and everyone was like oh that's that's way better so i'm like i don't even know what the fucking point of these mics are dude oh dude um i think if you do you do it with headphones yeah you do and it didn't sound bad in your headphones no, that's the weird part. Wow. Uh, strange. I don't, I don't know why that is. Yeah. If it, you know what, whatever you're comfortable with, if you don't need the mics, fucking ditch them. I would. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I might have to. Cause yeah, that, that was like an issue. Like it was, go, it was going pretty well. We didn't have like that many people watching. So like nobody fucking really tuned in. Some people tuned in. So that was cool. But, um, then like once these audio issues started, then it like, everyone was like, piece the fuck out <laughs> which is fine um but then we got it figured out and then as the game went on uh then like more people trickled back in um but it was it was fun on our end or yeah i, I had a, i had a good time doing it so you know typically when you watch a lion game it can be like well they were great or oh they sucked but i don't know if you can say that about that mo most recent game because there were some shitty things and some not so shitty things. And so yeah, I don't know, I know what to think. I think that I think we'll actually learn more in the upcoming game because Washington is not nearly as good as Philadelphia. And if they, right. if they get smoked by Washington, then well, okay. It's, it's, it's shit. That means that we, if there was anything good that happened in the first game, it's out the window now because Washington's not, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that game was, I didn't expect to win. Although of course, uh, in the, like the, the live stream, I was like, fuck the Eagles, dude, we're going to win this thing. But, um, the big, the big storyline for us in the first half, uh, you could just, you could just hear me repeatedly say fucking Jared Goff is three for nine for six yards right now. <laughs> 
I mean, the three and outs, yeah, like that that streak, like after the first drive was rough. Like, especially when you're me, like and you're trying to like commentate the damn thing. But all you're talking about is how pissed off at Jared Goff you are. Yeah, it, it, it really boggles my mind how you can look like uh, um, a Super Bowl team in the first drive and then stop them on defense on their first drive and then you forget to play football for an hour and a half. What the fuck? I How know. is that even fucking possible? And then they figured it out again. That's 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 textbook lions. Uh, start out hot, lose the game, battle back, fall short. That's the lions. It's always that way. Yeah. That was rough, and I was I was feeling good about it too. Um, like that. I think it was maybe the last Philly drive or whatever when that their fucking running back it was like third down and we had him. We had him like behind the line of scrimmage and then somehow just nobody tackled him. Like everybody like converged around him and then everyone was just like, yeah, go ahead. Go free. Right. Yeah. Now, if they start out 0-2 losing the first two at home, season's over. It's done. I'm sorry. It's yeah. over. You know? Um, we'll, we'll, we're going to we're gonna the Washington Commanders. They changed their stupid ass name. They're screwed. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're basing their success that they changed their name from Redskins to Commanders? Yeah, they're screwed. Are you wait? What did you think about that? What is your opinion of changing the team name from Redskins to Commanders? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's it's well, they picked a stupid name like the Commanders. Like number one, all, all it's a dumb name. It doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like other cool names in the league. You know what I mean? Like all the other names are relatively pretty cool, but like the Commanders. And plus, secondarily, all it does is, like, reinforce, like, the American military complex. Like, like to just, like, convince you, oh, yeah, we definitely got to go to some fucking wars, dude. Well, yeah, and so it, you know, it, I think it could have been something that has to do with the big industry in D.C., which is, right. po- which is politics. So, I don't know, the Washington Congress, the Washington Senators. Uh, the Washington presidents, the Washington, I don't know who gives a fuck secretary of energies, but that, that actually would be funny if they had, if they had the Washington transportation secretaries with Pete Buttigieg on the side of the helmet. (laughs) No, they could, they should just, it could be like the, they should have been like the Washington gremlins and their logo could have just been Nancy Pelosi's face, dude. (laughs) Um, I have uh, Josh here who says that the name should still be the Redskins. Do you think that they should have just kept the Redskins? I actually, because um, this has been like a, like, I feel like the older I get, like the like the, my perception of time is skewed. But this has been like an issue for like a long fucking time, like the name, the Redskins and trying to change it and stuff. So I, um, when I used to do stand up back in the day, I did have a joke where, like, basically I said, you know, I was talking about, like, the debate on, like, the name. And the, the punchline of the joke is that they should keep the name the Redskins but change the logo to a potato. <laughs> so that, that, that was my joke. That's, that, that's good. Fucking great. Yeah, keep the name <laughs> and put a big potato at the center of the field. I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, yeah, we, we need – um. We need uh, something like that, you know, an owner who uh, would would do something silly like that. The fans would love it. Uh, Chris says that is not your joke. 
is he suggesting that you stole it, do you think? Or maybe just the same that more than one person thought of it? Chris is assuming. I don't know. Chris is saying you stole it. I, 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 I'm guessing that you didn't steal it. That well, yeah, I guess people. It looks like people think I did. So it's hard to say, dude. Stand up these days is very. Once the internet, like social media, became a thing, it's hard to know. Anything well, yeah, days. you know that's people um, uh, do sometimes assume that when they hear it said by more than one person, it's like, well, yeah, some people kind of think the same and sometimes they just like uh uh write jokes and uh and and oh yeah it's like the same damn thing yeah that is that is the shitty part about stand-up is like it's it's, it is hard to be original that's for sure if you were doing stand-up and you and someone said i've already heard that someone say that joke would you still do it oh for sure (laughs) i gotta stick with the fucking routine dude see these guys say that they've heard that joke i had never heard that joke before but I don't, I'm not the biggest, uh, I, I very rarely, uh, watch stand up, go to shows. And in fact, there's only a handful of comics that I like, Oh, I have to see that person, you know? And you, yeah. and you are definitely not one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. And keep in mind when I did stand up, this was like 10 years ago. This was like a decade ago. So yeah. Who know, Who fucking knows? Dude? Yeah. Probably parallel thinking as Chris points out. Um, when you were uh, going down the road of comedy, did you think you were going to, I mean, did you have a normal expectation or did you have a grandiose thought that you're going to be like Kevin Hart? Oh, no, I, I, I mostly did. I was like kind of actually peer pressured into doing it by people. Um, like I, the first time I did it was like a competition when I was at Grand Valley. Like uh, it, was, I, it was just like a stand up comedy competition for the students or whatever. And like a bunch of my friends just like peer pressured me in the gym. Okay. And it went it went pretty well, but I got disqualified because I went over the time limit because it was I was having a good fucking time. You were you were like so, let's keep it going. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, I was just like I got more shit, so I just kept going. And then uh, the the crowd response was pretty good, but then the guy was like, "Yeah, we had to disqualify you because you fucking went like two <laughs> minutes too long." And I was like, "Damn, dude." Um, so then, yeah, from there, I was just like, I'll fucking try it out. Like I, you know, I like various places around GR and, um, but yeah, I, I never thought, I never thought I was going to get famous. That's for sure. Cause I, every time I went up there, I told different jokes. Like I didn't have like a routine. I just was like trying shit out and just yeah, trying I, to make people laugh. I often, it was more of like a, just a fun thing. I oftentimes think about, you know, a comic who let's say he has an hour's worth of material and then a lot of times these guys go to smaller towns and they practice. They, they'll do a show. People will pay to see it. But they're like refining the joke live in front of people. So by the time that it makes a special or right. a giant stage, they've said the joke 5,000 times. And I think that yeah. that would get tiresome to me. I th- That sounds shitty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Because like whenever you're like hanging out with your friends or whatever – and you either repeat a joke that you either heard from somebody else or like that it's like your joke, but like you've said it to like a hundred different people. Yeah. I, I never feel good about doing that type of shit. So yeah, I couldn't, I don't think I'd have the discipline to be a famous stand-up comedian. Right. I would right. Not do that. Because if you think about it, when you break it down, if you do a joke that many times, they are, they know, like, let's say they do a show in Los Angeles 
and they've done the joke a thousand times. They know it works. They know that all the set works, and they know the parts where the people are going to actually laugh. So you can uh-huh. predict where it's where in your act people are going to lose their minds, and you can have your responses almost scripted of how you react yeah. to them. That, that that's really weird to me, you know. I guess it's kind of oh, like no, for sure, yeah. It's yeah, comedy to me is like yeah, it's not robotic like that. So it'd be hard for me to make it robotic like that. That's why I think when, when there's crowd work in a spontaneous moment or any type of, um, uh, what do you call it? Improv. Those, those types of comedy things make me laugh more than anything else. But my favorite of all time is Dave Chappelle because of his storytelling. He doesn't even have, he doesn't even have to say anything funny. I just like to hear him tell a story. Did you, did you, did you see the special called the closer? Oh yeah. That was the one with the story about the transgender uh, person at the end of it. That story is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. And it's not fucking funny at all. Are you still there? Yes. Uh Oh, Oh no. Oh, Oh. look at that. Oh, did you kick me out? No, no, I can still see you. Nope. I'm still in here. Oh, let me try calling you. I um uh, I can't hear you no more, dude. That's okay. I'll call you. Hang on. T I L L. That's funny. T I L L. That's his phone. I don't know what the fuck happened, dude. Yeah. Um. Mute. Actually, no, I think you're good to go, but just turn your phone down a little bit uh, because I can hear myself through your phone. You, As long as you can still hear it, and then I can... Yep, I can hear you. Because I can hear you through the computer so you can hear me through the phone. We were doing so, so great. Yeah, see, I tell you, dude, it's Zoom, dude. Like, Zoom just decided, you know what? Fuck this, dude. Show's over. <laughs> Um, so I haven't even asked you if you've got anything burning on your mind that you wanted to get out of here, uh, as we like to talk to you each week at about this time. Um, oh yeah, I did. I did come up with one story that, uh, I was just reminded of it, reminded of the story, like, I don't know, a couple of days back and it's fucking, you might think it's stupid actually, but it's not if you ask me, um, and I actually, I will say, somebody asked, uh, did, did I ever work with Stu? I, I met Stu before. I think we did like one or two shows together. Really? Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, again, that was way back in the day when I was like 20 fucking two or something like that. So it was wild back then. Um, anyway, so here's the story, right? So we used to go to um, the YMCA in Granville. They had like a, like a kid's night or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. Like kids could go there. I don't think you could get away with it these days, but kids could go there and just like stay there all night. Yeah, they, their parents would pick them up. In the well, morning. actually, we, we I think they still do that. I still go to that. Why? I've been going there for almost twenty years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. So they can still do that. I, it was just wild because when we went, there was like two people that would like chaperone the whole fucking thing. So right. be, we were like thirteen, you know, and we were like just unsupervised and just having wild times. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but so one time we were there, right? And there was this kid there. This is just like a like a uh, an expose into how my my stupid ass mind works. I feel like so there was this kid there, and uh, we 
I, I, what's the best way to tell this story? So there's a kid there and like, there's something wrong with him. Right. And, but you don't, you wouldn't know it like just off the bat or whatever. Um, so there was, he was just being wild. But the thing is, this kid looked like a fucking werewolf. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, he had a wild haircut and like he had like sharp fucking teeth. It looked like and just was like a hairy, a hairy dude. Like, he looked looked kind of like a werewolf. To me. Like, a werewolf. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, um, like me and my friend group were there, or whatever, and I was just like kind of pointed it out, like, and like we weren't like gonna bully him or nothing. Like, we weren't even by him or nothing. We were just kind of like like looked at him and then like, I, you know, me and my friend group, like we'll just like pick a topic or pick a thing. And then we just start riffing like back and forth. Okay. Very fun. So anyways, no, this kid had no fucking clue what we were doing. Like he couldn't hear us. He it was like way across the room or whatever. Yeah. And um, so we're waiting for our parents to pick us up. And so anyways, this kid's mom comes in um, and I don't know how it happened, but she like spotted us and thought we were making fun of them. Oh yeah. Which which we were, I guess you'd say, but like, not like me. Like we were just talking about him being a werewolf anyways. So she comes over and this lady is, and I mind you, we're 13. Right. So we're just like scared. Like we're like scared of adults, but um, she just starts ripping into us big time and like tearing us a new one and goes into this story about how he fucking, um, doesn't have ab muscles like he has like some sort of disease that prevents him from having ab muscles which i don't know it was yeah yeah so basically and that makes him look like a werewolf (laughs) no 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 no. they're they're unrelated right like (laughs) he's just he's just unkempt i guess as a person which it contributes to the werewolf but the ab muscles thing is like way is like a different issue right oh okay but she thought that that's what we were making fun of him for which i'm like how would you know that dude yeah he's got a shirt on he's got a shirt yeah, and he's like he's walking like a normal person like i how do you tell somebody yeah the disease that i mean him from if you if, exactly if you put in front of a, a bunch of kids uh, hey what would you make fun of this kid about uh something you can't see or the fact that he looks like a fucking werewolf Oh, you're going to yeah. say werewolf nine, uh, 10 out of 10 times. Right. So anyways, this lady, and mind you, this lady is like, she kind of looks like, um, you remember Matilda starring Danny DeVito? Right. She, he, she's like, she kind of looked like that principal. Well, not really like looked like, but she were, was very like that principal ass. So she was scaring the shit out of us. Right. And like saying how he has a disability and like with blah, blah, blah. And like, at this point, this is where like my Asperger brain pops in and i like start smiling and uh, so then she's like getting really mad and i'm like laughing like a little bit and so all my friends are scared shitless and i'm like chuckling or whatever and then she flips out at me and she's like what are you laughing at like you're laughing at my son blah 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 and i'm just like so then i had to tell her like she like gave me the phone, like the floor, like I was my turn to speak. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to tell this lady that was yelling at us. I would basically said to her, I was like, no, like that's not it. Like he looks like a werewolf. <laughs> 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 so, the look, if you could have seen like the look of confusion on her face, like she had just like ripped into a bunch of fucking kids. Oh. 
and I get it. Like, if your kid had a disability, you would like over the years like develop like a ferocity or like develop like you'd be like protective. Well, yeah, then that's what it was because when she walked in there and she could tell that you were gathered around and she might have seen a kid look the way of her son, so she has seen that a million times. So, so she's you know that's like a spider sense of overprotective mom. So right. you know, let let let's be honest here. If you've got a kid that has some type of disability. It's in his best interest to at least make him look fucking cool. And if his <laughs> if his teeth are fucked up and his hair makes him look like a werewolf, that's mom's fault. She's an asshole. She should be charged with child abuse. Right. So anyways, um, yeah, so that that happened. And um, so anyway, she was like really fucking confused. And like it was almost like I shut down her brain. Like she was just like, what do I say now? Right. And like, I was like, what do I say now? Cause I'm like kind of awkward. Well, you were honest. Way. I like that you were honest and said, no, <laughs> we're not laughing because he doesn't have core strength. We're laughing. Cause he looks like fucking uh, werewolf. Right. And then, um, so then she like laughed, like she didn't like say anything. She just kind of left or whatever. And like, I think, I think about her from time to time, not frequently, but like maybe like once every couple of years. Cause like, I gotta imagine, like when she's driving home, like she picked her, like picked the kid up and they're driving home, like she's probably trying to figure out in her head, like, is that a bad, like, is it bad that someone called him a werewolf? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Is that mean? Like, I don't fucking think so. You know what I mean? Because like werewolves are pretty badass, dude. You know? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing she had a problem with it, and I hope she went home and gave the kid a makeover. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, Jesus. That's a great story. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. Yeah, very I was, funny. I, was, I don't. I couldn't tell you why I was reminded of that, but it fucking cracked me up because I was just like, just imagining like a a thirteen year old like trying to f- hey. become his own and like grow into himself, just telling a lady like, "Hey, I'm." I tell you what, terrible. I'm glad it popped into your brain. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, look, I'm going to wrap it. Uh, Thank you again. Uh, People should call you and say hi to you. They go to dumpsterdiversllc.com or they can call you. There's a number right on the uh, website. Anything else? Am I forgetting anything? No. Yeah. Give us a call, guys. We're getting it's starting to. Well, it's supposed to be getting colder, but it's still pretty regular out there. But we're getting into fucking demo season, dude. Same as I said last year. So give us a fucking call, dude. We're uh, we've been demoing out um, this dude's bathrooms uh, like the past week, and we're going back next week. So if you want to do a bathroom remodel, let us know. And uh, yeah. yeah, just give us a fucking call, dude. All right, <laughs> Kyle, thank you, buddy. All right, love you guys. Yep, see ya, Kyle from Dumpster Divers once again. Boy, my God, that story. Jesus, he looks like a werewolf. Uh, Josh mentions zipper merge. A lot of people sent me, I should have mentioned this, but we've talked about it ad nauseum with Kyle before. Um, somebody sent me this, uh, it was Chris sent me the thing about the zipper merge that the Michigan department of transportation and the Michigan State Police have now teamed up and they're even showing a graphic of how it works to see if people will actually figure it out. And they won't. When approaching a construction zone in which a lane is reduced, remember to use the zipper merge to keep traffic moving. 
Drivers should use, use both lanes with drivers taking turns alternating into the open lane. And it even it shows the cars as they have gotten to the actual end of the line and then they wait there and that you see use the lane. And then if you were to look at the comments from all the people that weighed in on it, some lady said, uh, no, I get over as early as possible. And someone said, well, that's the problem. That's why traffic gets backed up so far because people don't use the lane. And she says, no, I get over early. And then she's like arguing. I was like, all right. And I, I actually wrote, I go, well, you're arguing arguing with the people who make the rules for the road, the state police and MDOT. So uh, uh, you against those entities. Gee, I wonder who's right. My God. All right. Thank you to Kyle at Dumpster Divers. You're awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I have T-shirts available. EricZaneShow.com. That's where you go to get them. A number of designs are there. If you want to check one, uh, check one out. EricZaneShow.com. Click on merch or T-shirts or whatever the hell it is, and off you go. Get a T-shirt and support the Eric Zane Show podcast. Thank you to Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for this show. If your business needs a tech upgrade. Don't just go start buying stuff. You're going to buy too much, too little, the wrong thing. You're going to screw it up. Uh, Sit down with Blue Frost IT for a handful of minutes, and then you can find out exactly what you need. Thank you to Blue Frost IT. And then after they help you set all of that up, you can convert them to being your managed IT service provider. So each and every month, um, you're kind of like on a subscription uh, base with them. And if anything goes wrong, they can very quickly access your setup either remotely or come to see you at the office and take care of what you need taken care of. They are the managed IT service provider for the Eric Zane Show podcast, and you should utilize them for your business. Fool House Comedy uh, shows each and every weekend. All you have to do is go to fullhousecomedy.com. This weekend, Paulie Shore is going to be at the listening room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Go see Paulie Shore. You got shows coming up uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. And then a week or so after that, maybe a week and a half, Josh Blue returns. I love Josh Blue. He's so funny. Josh Blue is great. Get tickets for Josh Blue, Pauly Shore, and all of the other events coming to town by going to fullhousecomedy.com. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Anyway, before we got to Kyle, I was uh, going into detail about the uh, crown jewels. Did Queen Elizabeth II own stolen diamond named Great Star of Africa? Because the people in uh, South Africa are like, holy shit, you know, that was under Dutch rule or something like that back in the day with the uh, days of uh, apartheid and shit like that and all the oppression that went on in South Africa. So I don't, I don't doubt this at all that they got that massive mine from... The diamond mine. Now, if South Africa was not under Dutch rule 
And it was just, you know, that never happened. And that was just the people of South Africa running South Africa. They would have had a, a $2 billion a diamond on their hands. But no, that's not what happened at all. They uh, mined it back in 1905. And then it was stolen from South Africa. And then so, so someone stole the fucking thing and they gave it to the Queen of England said, here you go. Or at the time, the king, I guess it would have been. Um, so that's the thought. And so the people of South Africa are like, hey, you know, we've been asking for this diamond back for, you know, better part of 100 years. Do you think maybe we could have that back? And in my opinion, if you're the queen and, you know, you're sweet and you're nice because the queen has nothing but good vibes right now, okay? If you are the queen of England and now the king of England um, and you want to be viewed as, uh, well, you want to distance yourself from any terrible things that happened in the past, uh, you heard about, uh, you've heard stories about the genocide and the oppression that went on by the monarchy many, many years ago. Not now. Um, but still, you, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there, is there something to that? To actually, uh, in a nice way, say, you know, you're right. And uh, we're going to remove the jewels that we have in our possession that we shouldn't have had in the first place. We didn't steal them, but they were stolen and then given to us, you know. Uh, we give them back. I mean, I would think that that would be that the people of South Africa would be would be happy with that. And and who gives a shit? It's just it's just jewels. It's not like you're gonna do anything with those. One is sitting there in a crown, and the other one is in a scepter. They they're doing nothing. The people of South Africa could probably you know, frankly, if I'm a South African, and you can divide up several billion dollars in jewels. Uh, hey, that's that's a, that's a great move right there. But I seriously doubt that that's going to happen. Uh, on the morning of her death, at the age of 96, before the news was made public, the Twitter account at Africa underscore archives tweeted, Queen Elizabeth II owns the largest clear-cut diamond in the world known as the Great Star of Africa. The 530-carat gem was mined in South Africa in 1905. Boy, can you... There there had to have been a moment when, you know, in 1905, they're probably just very uh, basic pieces of equip, uh, equipment to mine <clears throat> just to be able to like, oh my God, look what we have. And just because let's say a bunch of uh, uh, South African black guys are in the mine because the white guys are not doing the heavy lifting. And so the black guys come out and they go, sir, look at what we found. And they go, oh, yeah, that's great. And then they probably kill them all and take it. It was stolen from South Africa. It has an estimated worth of 400 million to 2 billion with a B dollars. Uh, there was a second tweet that said the British claim that it was given to them as a symbol of friendship and peace, yet it was during colonialism. The British then replaced the name the Great Star of Africa with the Great Star of Cullinan, which is named as the guy who owned the mine. So Great Star of Africa became, becomes Thomas Cullinan. The, the diamond's called Thomas Cullinan. 
That's the name of the guy who owned the mine. So the British said, oh, this is such a sweet gift. Thank you. We will, we will take, though it was given to us and found and known as the great star of Africa, fuck that. We're going to call it Thomas Cullinan, which sounds like shit. If you have uh, the world's biggest diamond, you're going to call it Thomas Cullinan? I mean, that isn't really fit for a royal uh, a scepter. You've got this diamond called Thomas Cullinan. That's stupid. Go with I would go back to Great Star of Africa. The only reason why they changed the name of it is so that down the road, when someone says, hey, this belongs to South Africa, they say, no, it doesn't. It belongs to Thomas Cullinan. That's, a, that's the name of the jewel. What are you talking about? Uh, so this uh, now has been, for years, um, they've been trying to get this thing back. The Great Star of Africa, the largest stone. Be In fact, the Cullinan diamond was so big, they used it to make the scepter diamond and like hundreds of other diamonds. They're like breaking piece of it, pieces of it off to make more diamonds. So the thing was like the size of a boulder and they've made it smaller by like separating it. And the people of, of South Africa want the damn thing back. Will they get it? Hell no. No way, shape, or form. But if you're King Charles and you do want to make a good, I mean, you should give that back. I think you should give it back. At least as like, hey, you know, um, we're not doing anything with it. It's in a stupid scepter. It's in a stupid crown. Give that thing back. Come on. I'm getting, I've gotten now my third uh, finders keepers. Cole says, come and take them. Well, you guys are a little bit cold today when it comes to this. All right. Uh, I got a clip I want to play. Oh, shit. I don't have it. Hold on. I got to send it to myself. Stevie sent this one, and you're going to love it. Uh, Hold on. Can I even do this? Oh, balls. Copy. Okay. Sorry. Guy on TikTok is walking through a store. He wants to make his mother laugh. She has, I mean, I've heard a lot of screwed up laughs. Diana has a ridiculous laugh. Butthead Lautner has a a ridiculous laugh. When I saw this, I thought, that might be the most ridiculous laugh. It's Trump those. I couldn't believe it. And I'm failing. Okay, we might have to come back to that. David Lee Roth is alive and well. He has released new old material that... I don't know. Uh, something about David Lee Roth's voice now. I think he's hitting the notes here. But first of all, he changes up the songs to a way that makes it unlistenable. Any old recordings of Van Halen from any early albums redone and aren't done exactly as they, ori- we were, they were originally done 
they sound strange to me. And Dave's voice is a real problem. Even again, I think he's um, hitting the notes, but he has re-recorded Panama and Ain't Talking About Love. Panama from 1984, the album 1984, and Ain't Talking About Love, I believe, is from their debut. And when he has re-recorded these, I don't know if these are all. Um, I know his voice is definitely re-recorded. But I don't know if this is Van Halen playing with him. It might be his own band trying to sound like Van Halen. Now, again, it, it sounds ish David Lee Roth, but it's just it just misses it by that much. <laughs> Even that sounds slow to me. Something's wrong with that. Yeah, that is not Eddie Van Halen. There's no way. It's got a muddy, fat sound to it that I don't like. Did you hear that warble in his voice? That's what I'm talking about. It's a very warbly sound to his voice. Okay, I guess this is acceptable, but it's just something about it. And I think part of it is every time I see David Lee Roth now, he's got this fucking face. I don't know what's up with his tooth here. Um, yeah, he, oh uh, boy, again, old lesbian. He looks like an old lesbian. And he, um, I, I don't know, I just, I can't stand him. I, I can't stand the way he looks and his behavior all the time. He always has that fucking look when his mouth is gigantically open. Can't you just fucking be normal for five minutes? Remember that scene when Van Halen uh, it was at the MTV Awards or whatever it was, and they had been broken up for some time, and they were brought up to like accept an award. And I guess they were supposed to announce that they're reuniting. And Dave was making an asshole of himself again. He's all these fucking monkey shines going on while they're, Oh, it was when they had presented, they had presented an award to Beck. Beck had won an award, um, for his album. And he had just, it was his first album and everybody was taking the world by storm and he wins an award. And, Van Halen gets together for the first time ever since ever with those four, Roth, Anthony, Alex, and Eddie. And Dave 
gives the award to Beck, and Beck is doing his acceptance speech, and behind him, Dave's acting like a cock. It was embarrassing. And then he kind of uh, alluded to there being a reunion, and there it kind of never happened, and, and uh, it, it's just stupid. Dave's a dick. Uh, look at him. Look at him. We've looked at three pictures now, and he has the same stupid look on his fucking face in all three of them. And then this. Look at this. Holy shit. This, he looks like uh, Mr. Burns if Mr. Burns uh, dressed like this and was doing an impression of David Lee Roth. That's what he looks like. Look at this crepey arm meat under here. That is a bad look. Oh, my God. This isn't so bad. That's pretty reasonable. He just still looks a little weird. Look at him. Shit, the face. What are you doing? They're like, it's like porno sex face. And on every one of these pictures, he looks like a douchebag. There's only one picture that he doesn't look like a douchebag. Oh, my God. What a pain in the ass. He also did a version of, uh, like I said, Panama. I want you to check that out, too. Um, let's see. Where is it? Okay. Here you go. Again, very muddy sound. Why did he feel the need to re-record these songs in a more shitty way? I don't understand. Uh, these are probably like the only two Van Halen songs that he can reasonably sing still. And so he just wanted to show the world, hey, I still got it. Ugh, painful. hoping to achieve by putting these out that we already have the perfect version of it when you were you know 30 years old what the fuck was that all right back up That, all that. That's enough. No more. Wow, that's shit. 
That is absolute garbage. Linda says, please stop. Wish granted. Tyler agrees it's self-serving. Probably wanted to prove that he still got it. <laughs> I'm getting reviews like, shoot that fucker and ugh. Sarah has several poop emojis in a row. Uh, Cole says when he re-records them, he owns the rights to the new ones, not the record labels. That's why bands are remastering their albums. Well, I don't think he's capable of doing it. Sounds like shit. Diamond Dave Crazy Talker is one of my favorite Joe stunts. Um, there have been a few times when I was we interviewed him. And he's insufferable. And it was a clip that we played where we said, Hey Dave, how are you? And he said, Oh yeah, doing great. Uh, the Thunderbolt missile and your Cheerios, uh, every, this tour, everything with the motor. Uh, we're talking about Edsel Ford. And at the end of the workday, we're screaming and working with Cheerios and Thunderbolts and Edsel Ford. Yeah. What a tour. And I said, there was a pause and I said, what the hell are you talking about, Dave? And he goes, I don't know. And it worked out. It was hilarious. That was actually funny. And Chris says the thing that I was just thinking, can you imagine him and Nugent in the same room? Oh my God. And it's probably happened. Oh, just ridiculous. My God, insufferable. There was a, um, there was a time way back when Howard went to satellite and CBS at the time, now Odyssey, um, went ahead and decided to um, put David Lee Roth on to replace Howard Stern. So you've got like 100 radio stations that carry the Howard Stern show. Now 100 radio stations need a show. So on some of them, they put, uh, Jimmy, what's his name again? What's the guy's name? Not Jimmy Kimmel. Um, the other comic Corolla, they put Adam Corolla on, on some stations. And then they put Rover Rover's morning glory. Remember Rover on other stations and David Lee Roth on, on a number of other ones, including New York. And oh my God. He would open up every segment like they're come out of commercial and it's, it's eight 15 in the morning. He'd go Roth 6 AM. It's eight 15 Thunderbolt missile in your Cheerios. He would always say Roth 6 AM, no matter what time it was. I think it lasted about two to three months. It was, it was just God awful. And, um, uh, side note, side note. All three of those entities ended up not uh, fulfilling their contract. They got they got broomed. Rover, Corolla, and um, Roth all got fired from that gig. We took over Freebird Hot Wings. We took over at least I think it was two Stern stations. One of which Albany, New York. Like it literally went from a Friday Howard Stern to Monday free beer and hot wings. And we made it, man. We were very, very proud of that. We were actually able to, um, 
win that audience over. And that was that was tough sledding for a while there, but we fucking made it. And uh, still to this day, still to this day on there. Should be very proud of that. I'm sure they are. All right. Um, okay, I am circling the drain, and I got to pee. I wonder if my email came in. Oh, Stevie. What? Can you send me that, Stevie, the one you sent me on um, on text and send it to me? Copy. Hold on a second. Maybe I can do this. Paste. No, I got it. You don't have to. I really wanted to show you this. The g- <laughs> I hope it works now. I don't know why it didn't work before. I'm not even going to talk about it until I see it in my inbox. Aha! Okay. This is great. Guy's walking around a grocery store. And he wants to show off his mother's laugh because it's ridiculous. TikTok video, so it'll be small on your screen. Doesn't matter. It's the sound that matters. And he's talking to his audience. And he wants to get his mother to laugh. And she also has a wonderful sense of humor. So it doesn't take much to get her to laugh. And she's the type of person there when she doesn't want to laugh. But when it does escape a little bit and she knows it's happening, she then starts to laugh more. Audio, check. Video, check. This is awesome. Okay, look, I did not think y'all was going to ask for another one of these. But let me find mom and see if I can make this happen. All right, let's Hey, Mom. All right, so I got a question. Okay. The people want you to laugh again, so I got to make it happen. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Hold on, no. just hear me out. Why, why are you acting like that? Because last time... Wasn't nothing wrong with last time. Look, here's what I... I just want to hear you get a little bit of a laugh out because the people want to hear your joy, and you need to share that with the world, that your laugh sounds so delicate. <laughs> no, there it was. Hold on. What was that? You said... You said what? Hold on. Delicate laugh one more time. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you stopping that? (laughs) Holy shit. What the fuck? Did you hear that? She said there's people around. Okay. We got to back this up. The people want to hear your joy, and you need to share that with the world. That your laugh sounds so delicate. <laughs> okay. I love that. And it says real laugh creeping out, and that's all it takes. As soon as this chick realizes that it's happening, then it's like it keeps happening. Oh, Kenny says, is she farting out of her mouth? <laughs> no, there it was. Hold on. What was that? You said, you said what? Hold on. Delicate laugh one more time. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Why are you stopping that? <laughs> okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it says it sounds like the grudge. Oh, shit. Imagine that, having that for your whole life. Oh, my God. Because the way I've seen this happen with Diana, her laugh is, is it gets a lot of looks, too. And when you get the looks, it makes you laugh more. 
And then it's like, you can't shut that down. Oh, my God. Kenny says, that's a demon inside of her. Linda adds, I'd cut my vocal cords if I sounded like that. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, man. COVID patient zero is another crack. Oh, that is great. Oh, man. Thank you for those contributions. Those are all very, very funny. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Okay, I'm going to leave it right there. I do want to talk to you, though, on Patreon about a couple things, actually, um, that I didn't get to hear. No, it's just one. Um, So, in Native American culture and lore, you had to have been familiar with the term uh, I didn't want to say it because it's apparently a super big deal and you're not supposed to do this, but the term is squaw. Okay. Now, if you asked anybody on the street, what does that mean? I mean, I'm guessing a lot of people would say, I don't, I don't know what that is. And other people might say, oh, that's a term that uh, Native Americans would refer to their wife or a woman as, hey, uh, I'm, uh, this is my squaw. But that's a bad thing. Uh, I guess originally in Algonquin, part of that word means woman. And then the white guys who fuck up everything ruined it and made it derogatory. So you don't want to use the word squaw anymore. And there's been some movement within the United States Department of the Interior. The Department of the Interior is an organization that's in charge of like land and rivers and valleys and naming of such things. Okay. They are involved in this now, and this is, okay, there's another word we cannot say, and it is by order of a decree by the government, you are not supposed to say this anymore. So you can add this to the list of words you are not supposed to say. Now, the big kahuna is the N-word, all right? You cannot say the N-word. And even, I see Kyler is here. Even Kyler wouldn't say the N-word. I mean, it's bad enough that, uh, I mean, if you're with Kyler, Kyler could be hanging out at a church and he's going to drop MF. But even Kyler would not drop the N-word. As, as horrible as he is with his mouth. He's got a terrible mouth. Um, so N-word, no go. Our word, I think, is second by a lot. But our word is, 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 I mean, occasionally it'll slip out here. Um, the, uh, if you say uh, the M word for little people, and I do say that from time to time, that can be a little dicey too. Well, we've got a new player. And I want to talk about that on the Patreon. And if you're listening to this free podcast right now and not signed up for the Patreon, what in the world are you waiting for? Okay, I want you there. 
your contribution of five or ten bucks helps keep the lights on and the puppy dogs fed. Uh, fed. I'm so very, very uh, uh, thankful for you to be there. And thank you if you've given in the past or been part of it in the past. But I try to over-deliver as to what's on the Patreon. So sign up for that thing. Five bucks a month is all it costs for all of the audio. And I give you a lot. In fact, I give you more on the Patreon than I do on this platform. Okay? So we've got the uh, Patreon. Five bucks a month. Ten bucks a month for the audio, the video for the live streams. And also the archive video and the Bet on Ben show. And I'm sorry, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast live audience. You're all part of it. There you go. I appreciate you so much. So that is coming up in just a little bit. Number 899. Today, our 899th free podcast, our 899th Patreon podcast. My God. Okay, though, but uh, before we get to the asshole of the day, and I'll take your nominations right now on the live chat for the asshole of the day. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. If you're in the market for a mortgage, whether it be the first time or first time home buyer, whatever, or you've done this many, many times in the past, please give Mario a try. His staff will work tirelessly for you. They go the extra mile. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Not all mortgage people are created equal. You know, if uh, they're working with somebody who needs a $3 million loan, you better believe that they're going to roll the red carpet. And then if that same person has to deal with somebody who's a first-time home buyer and wants to buy a $100,000 house, they're like, ah, shit. Not so with Mario, because he knows that as you get started in life, That first mortgage could become, later on down the road, your 10th. And you're going to go to him. The return customer is key with Mario. 231-332-6505. Or you can get some money out of your home to pay off some bills. Love it so much. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. NMLS number 3035. Joe Martinez. I talked about him earlier. Uh, The guru... For all things heating and cooling in your home. If you have any maintenance that needs to be done, something's wrong, schedule it with Joe, 616-516-8579 or online at aeheatingandcooling.net. Right? Sometimes I forget, even though I say it like 8 million times. aeheatingcooling.net. Yeah, that's right. With over 22 years of experience as HVAC industry leaders, no job is too small. Website looks good, by the way. Looks like you redid that thing. Love it. Uh, Call, and if you have also some, uh, in addition to some scheduled maintenance, here they are. Here's Here's Team Macho right now. Um, if you have, if you're in a, if it's in a pinch, you know, you got an emergency job you need taken care of, you can call my friends over at A&E Heating and Cooling. All right. Hold on a second. I'm distracted. What the hell is wrong with me? Okay. Uh, one more time for Frank Fuss. If you are without health insurance 
and you're thinking, well, my employer doesn't offer it, I'm screwed. You are not. Our wonderful government has not done a very good job of informing the public how healthcare.gov works. If a healthcare premium for a single guy or a family costs a hundred bucks, I'm sorry, 600 bucks a month to get healthcare. And you're like, well, I can't afford that. The way this has worked for years now is people like you will pay some of that premium. All right. The government gives you a tax subsidy to pay for the rest. Now, if during the year you come into cash and you pass a certain threshold, you'll have to pay the premium back, which would amount to a lot of money, no doubt. But if you don't, most people don't hit that threshold unless there's some dramatic change in their lifestyle. You don't have to pay it back. So you are insured. Now, I'm getting some of the details uh, uh, inaccurate, uh, completely wrong, and just not there. That's why I call upon Frank Fuss. But that's essentially it. Frank Fuss is a licensed independent insurance agent slash broker uh, informing people and making sure that they have every T crossed and I dotted when it comes to healthcare.gov, 616-914-4070, or just go to buyinsurancehere.com. He is also the Medicare Advantage and Social Security expert. So if someone you know or love is getting set to make the jump into retirement, call Frank. He'll help you with everything. And the best part, Frank is free. His services are absolutely free. You don't pay a dime for them. All right. And if you miss any of this, reach out to me and I'll introduce you myself. The asshole of the day is brought to you by TC Paintball. Now, I like to go over what I've talked about to give you the potential asshole of the day, but sometimes you guys have your own agenda. And uh, I'm confused. Let's see. The monarch for not returning the diamonds. Aram says Eric should use the Patreon donations to buy everyone lunch at Bosco's. Uh, That's a hard no. Uh, Eric will use the donations to feed the dogs. Asshole of the day, it says Mike. Mike Ball? Mike for sending the email and and reposting a report on Facebook last night. What are we talking about here? Mike Ball? Did Mike Ball do something? David Lee Roth. And then it says Mike P. Wait a minute. What? The Mike P did something silly? I've never seen you angry, Jimmy. You sounded pissed. I have a, a, a sneaking feeling that something's happened and I don't know what the fuck is going on. Wow. 
Sarah's involved. What the fuck happened? I'm I am absolutely confused. All right. Stevie says call any of us. What is going on here? I love Stevie so much. I love all of you so much. Okay, Stevie, hopefully you're not at work. I don't want to interrupt you, you know, but maybe we can figure this shit out here. Oops. Hey, Hello. hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. What what the fuck is going on? There's been all sorts of like uh chatter and I, I, I'm I don't know what's happening. Okay. About seven o'clock last night, Mike Pellerito sent an email to uh, a list of email addresses that he got from a Ben and Eric Patreon podcast invite. Like, that he must have gotten at some point and saved, so he had all of our email addresses. And he also posted this on Facebook. Um, he calls us moles. He calls um, people, you, um, names. He also attached a copy, it's a five-page long document of the case report from the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> Your address is visible. Oh, oh, oh no. Um, he blacked out his address and your address on the bottom of it, but your address is still visible. Oh, and, oh no. And um, it's the complete case report, um, contact with you and the, you know what the cop said that you said, contact with the post office, contact with Mike, and then a follow-up with the con with the post office. Um, so it, they closed the case. What, it, and well, yeah, it, what, what to what end though? I guess I'm curious as to why. I guess he, I'm assuming that he did this because he wants his name cleared that he did not send that thing to you. The bobblehead and the shirt. He didn't send it to you, and I guess he wants to clear his name, no, and this is well, the best way he could think about doing it. That I was un, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was actually undetermined, and that's well, that's that's interesting. Maybe he that's what he was doing, but we 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 still don't know that. I that, but whatever. I I don't care. It's a fucking ancient history at this point. I'm just uh, surprised that it's so. This all goes out on an email, and that's what yeah. everyone's talking about now. Um, that they yeah, and the they, email was sent, and then it was also posted to the new Xeniacs United page, like Castoffs or Castaways United or whatever they're calling it. I don't know. Okay, so it's out there. Oh, so um, I, I'm just yeah. I I I guess I kind of go back to the um, what's the point? And, and, uh, I mean, it's kind of like an old story now. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, so there's all, well, all sorts of like angst and indictment and drama and all that shit. Probably. He sent it out as a, as a mass email. So everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people had replied to it and some people were really angry. Oh, okay. So, I got it. Yeah. So, okay. So people were like, Hey, uh, Hey, have you not moved on? People were busting his yeah. balls. Okay. Basically, yes. Did, are you under the impression that it's like whatever it is that you're describing, it like backfired on him? Um, kind of. 
think so, yeah. Because people are like, we don't really care about this. This is stupid. You are, you, you know, you should be doing what a 50-year-old man does. Oh. And, you know, just <laughs> those kind of snarky comments back and forth. Well, just mostly at Mike because he hasn't replied to anything that I've seen. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, you know, I for once, I'm glad I'm not involved. Well, I mean, <laughs> I am, but I... This is the first I've heard about it talking to you. I had no idea that this even happened. Yeah, this was last night, so. Well, all right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Hey, okay. wait, hey are we, am I going to see you Saturday? Yes, exactly. I'm going to be there. I don't know what time, but I will be there. I love Beltline Bar, and I love Irvine's. Oh, my God. Okay, thank you. Okay, see right, ya. See ya. I'm a 50-year-old man doing what a 50-year-old man should. Holy shit. (laughs) So, you know, let me see what Blanton wrote. Blanton is a deputy. Um, When was the last time I talked to him? According to Blanton, which is the deputy, this is in August. After a little bit of a runaround, I was able to speak with the local postal inspector this morning regarding this incident. Unfortunately, the postal inspector did not have any information regarding who created the package at the self-service kiosk. Uh, they do, it does not require a return address or any personal info other than credit card for payment. I asked the postal inspector if he had any ideas for you to protect yourself from receiving unsolicited packages. His only suggestion was for you to refuse delivery of a package. You can do this by not opening an unknown unexpected package and then bringing it back to the post office where they will discard it. I would also recommend not speaking about receiving these packages on your podcast or social media as it will only encourage it to continue, which obviously if you have any future concerns, don't hesitate to reach out to the sheriff's office. All right. Well, that's the last I heard of it. So at that point, it was over and done. So I don't know what's got stuck in his craw. I guess he got a little wound up and wanted to air that shit. But uh. I'm just happy I didn't know. That makes, you know, all I want to do is be isolated enough to be able to do this show and try to put on a good show for you. But uh, all right. Well, now we know. Now it's time for the asshole of the day. Uh, where the fuck is my marker? Come on. Shit. Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, it's got to be. It's, it's R. Kelly. It has to be. David Lee Roth, no. I, he, you know what? I, I kind of feel bad for David Lee Roth. I've, uh, I don't feel bad for R. Kelly. Your TC paintball asshole of the day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You are fantastic as always. You never let me down. You're always here for me on show number 899. What? Holy crap. Barreling our way towards 900. I'll 
also coming up on the four-year anniversary of the podcast in January. Yikes. Okay, folks, have a good one. Talk to you down the road. Thank you. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.